This week on Small Doses, I wanted to uh, take a moment first before we get into the replay of this episode to just acknowledge uh, the the reality of the violence that continues to permeate our communities and the importance of understanding where we are in the world right now, especially in America, and the reality that there is a toxicity at play that was always, I think, here to a certain extent, but that is being conjured. It's being wielded and it's being administered out to the people on a daily basis by not only the administration, but by the way we're operating on social media, but by the way journalism is now, you know, money-based, profit-based. And all of it plays into each other. All of it, all of it ends up playing into each other and into the way we interact as people and regard other living things. This week we lost Nipsey Hussle, an MC, an entrepreneur, a creative, a father, a husband, a son, a homeboy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like so many others, he was gunned down for no real reason. And he was only 33 years old. You all know that I am friendly with his lady, Lauren London, and that's why I wanted to replay this episode, Side Effects of Dating an Artist. In this episode, we had Lauren on, and she talked candidly about, you know, just her experiences being with Lil Wayne, being with Nip, more so about Nip because they were together very publicly. We recently saw their beautifully carried out GQ photo shoot in the Power Couples issue and uh, their humorous exchange as couples in the GQ couples quiz. And, you know, in this episode, Lauren speaks honestly and kindly and fondly just about the uniqueness of being with somebody like Nip, who was a visionary and somebody who was very clear and rooted in their purpose, very clear and sure in who they were, but also where they came from and where they were going. And not just on a singular level, but on a community level where we all could be going. He had a lot of messaging about economic education amongst Black folks, about identity education amongst Black folks, about unity, about community, specifically about brothers and the reality of how often brothers have been relegated into these spaces of being considered dangerous or you know, thugs, et cetera, and not giving in to these false representations, but instead knowing their true uh, prowess, their true power, their true spirit. He talked about 
how, you know, as as an MC, when he got money, he didn't want to invest in, he didn't want to just buy cars and, and, and chains. He wanted to invest because that's where you grow and that's how you create financial independence for yourself, for your family and your community. And he started, you know, the Marathon Clothing Line. He also started a STEM program in the neighborhood. And apparently he was supposed to meet later that day, or I think it's maybe the next day, with, um, you know, the police force and other members of the community to speak about how to help quell and, you know, put a stop to gun violence amongst the youth. And we all know that he was a well-known crip. So he comes from banging and knowing what the negative repercussions of that are for our communities and for our young people and our families. Nip was also somebody who spoke about how it's just important that we know where we're from and we know what we're about and we don't simply just go along with what is being told to us and what is being sold to us. Um, You know, I saw a video where he was speaking on how to possibly change, you know, the dynamics of violence that do happen in our neighborhoods. And he spoke candidly about what it means to come from a survival mindset and how that survival mindset does change the way people interact with each other. It does affect the way people consider their surroundings. And that when we have people in that survival mindset, it's no wonder that we have such a heightened level of crime, a heightened level of of self-worthlessness and nihilism. And that he felt, you know, one of the ways to help change the direction is to make sure that we are doing everything we can to alleviate the survival mindset uh, within the spaces of underprivileged and underserved communities. So, you know, when you hear these things and you, you, you know, you see people that are like making all these like pontifications about, you know, if he was saying all those things, no wonder they cut him down because, you know, the, the feds cut them down and, you know, the, it's it, all these conspiracy theories. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that it doesn't, it's natural to like consider those things, but in the moment, I think we all need to have a higher level of consideration for humanity and what it is to be a human dealing with loss. And that's not just for his family and Lauren. That's for those who were fans. You know, that's for people who were friends. And I was watching just the way that some people were interacting with this story and the videos they were posting, you know, of of his, his shooting and of Lauren going into the hospital. I'm just like, how are we so disconnected? How are we so disconnected from compassion and empathy that we are continuously simply watching this world that we are physically in as if we are outsiders experiencing voyeurism? No. We're here. We're in this. It's real. And... It's so real. It's it's so scary. It's so scary to see just how fragile and how unruly and unrelenting the reality of life's 
twists and turns can be. All we can do is support each other, lift each other up. And also in supporting each other and lifting each other up, being advocates for communication over violence, being advocates for, you know, gun safety, for mental health wellness, being advocates for understanding that we are each other's business. We have to look out for each other. We lift each other up when we do. And being advocates, again, for compassion and consideration and trying to practice that on a daily basis and understanding that you never really know what someone's going through. I think a lot of us uh, took this really hard and are taking this really hard and will take it hard for a long time. We have lost an incredible artist and person. And I hope that the work that he was doing continues to inspire us to continue that work and continues to um, be honored by individuals who are working closely beside him. So rest in power to Nipsey in honor of his uh, memory. I wanted to re-release this episode uh, with Lauren London, who was his love. So listen right here to side effects of being with an artist with guest Lauren London. All right, here we are. Another episode of Small Doses. We haven't done a relationship episode in a minute, and uh, it was time to talk about side effects of dating an artist, an artiste. I think that this is an important episode because some of us have these like fanciful ideas of like a certain type of person that we want to be with, but we don't really know like the full extent of what that is. I know people who are like, I want to be with a doctor, and it's like, you know, you're never going to see them, right? Like, I mean, they are on call. They're when they're home, they're tired. Like, unless somebody is like way later kind of in their professional career, they're really just busy a lot and they don't have a lot of time for you. The same thing goes with artists. People have a very fanciful idea of like what it is to date an artist. And then when they actually date an artist, they're like, oh, I didn't know it was like this. So we're going to hip you to it. Me as an artist, and we have a guest today who is an artist and who has children with two different artists who we know very well. We, we have, have Ms. Lauren London, London in the house, and she'll be joining us for People I Like and for, of course, that one time. In the meantime, let's get into some gem droppage. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We dropping on these hoes. <laughs> Today's gem droppage is very basic. There's artists and then there's wannabe artists. And listen, you got to know the difference because you probably might be telling yourself you're putting up with some certain behavior because this person is an artist. And really, they're just acting like that because they think that's how artists act because they're a wannabe artist. They're putting on this cloak to make them feel like they're this real creative because that's a look. That's a cool thing to them. And here you are over here like buying into the bullshit. An actual artist creates actual art. 
doesn't just talk about it. Okay? I know somebody like that. They talk about it or they create art, but, but it's, it's trash. trash. Okay? And I'm not saying that trash can't be art, but hot garbage is not art. And if you don't know where you are in your development, you over here thinking, oh, my shit is dope. And that's how I know you ain't an artist because you don't have any self-criticalness to be able to recognize that maybe you are a creative person, but right now what you're making is absolute garbage, basura. I don't know how to say it in French, but garbage, okay? So, this is a much longer conversation and one that we actually talk about on side effects of a multi-hyphenate. We're serving it. All right. First question. If you are dating an artist and they ask for your opinion on a piece, how would you say that you do not particularly care for it. Ooh, that is sticky. So I've been in that situation on both sides, you know, where I was the artist or where I was dating the artist. And I think it's very, very, very subjective because also like everybody has different like sensitivity levels and artists who are multi-hyphenates have different sensitivity levels on the different art. So like there's certain stuff that I'm like way more like, yeah, 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 give it to me, give it to me. And other stuff where I'm like, do not say anything to me about this. <laughs> and a lot of that I think comes from like where you are in your development. Like the, the art forms that I feel like I've mastered, that I'm like totally like out the door with, you could say whatever you want about it. Like I can take the criticism, I can let it go. It doesn't really do much to me. But the stuff that like I'm just coming into my own with or that I'm just like um, transitioning into a new phase of, of taste with, I'm a little more sensitive because I know that like I haven't perfected this the way I wanted to. Now, regardless, whenever you're addressing an artist about their work, Always first start with positive. I mean, you can kind of use that rule in any in any field. But if you don't like it, find something super duper specific that you liked and focus on that. I mean, if you're dating a musician and they play you a song, it's like, it might be like, I really loved how the horn sounded in that bridge. I fuck with horns, yo. That was my Louis Armstrong. Like, maybe that's what you do. Okay? If it's a painter, and they show you a piece, and you're like, wow, that is... That's trash. Um, mm. You will have to say, okay, what part of this piece do I like? And, you know, that may not be as um, easy as with music. Because, like, you know, a painting... Okay, so I'll tell you a story. I... This guy had a crush on me and I was 
Develop. I mean, like I could have liked him. Like that wasn't not on the table. But then he came over with his art, and it was like just paint splatters. And I know Jackson Pollock. Okay, okay, okay. but also no. And I legit had to like. Just, I couldn't fake it, guys. I was just like, so how does the process work? <laughs> and so that's where you go with it. Like, just show interest. Show interest on how we got here. Which also might, by the way, even give you some insight into why they think this shit is dope. Because that's the other part. And I know that's what I be thinking. When somebody plays me some trash ass shit or shows me some whack ass shit and they're like, this is the bomb. Because there's also the fact that like sometimes people will show you something and be like, what, what do, you do you think? think? Whenever someone does that, you have every right to deliver what you think. I'm not saying you need to be tactless. I'm not saying that you need to be like, the shit is trash. But they have solicited your advice. That's fair. But sometimes, and this is why you have to listen when you're dating an artist, they'll say, yo, I want to play this for you. I want to show you this piece. That is not soliciting your criticism. That is sharing. And when someone is sharing, you have to have a heightened level of sensitivity about how you're going to respond. Because a lot of artists share from a very vulnerable place. Remember when Erica Badu said, I'm an artist, I'm sensitive about my shit, which is why when I talk about Instagram and people just feeling like they can just rip people apart, it's like, unless someone says like, what do you guys think of this? They're just sharing. And honestly, as a human, like respect the share. You can respect the share without having to give false praise. If someone shows you a song, a painting or plays you a song or, you know, presents a basket weave and you're like, ooh, that's a little whack weave right there. I don't know. I don't know, that, that, that weave is a little weak. It's a weak weave is what it is. Um, you can simply just applaud their effort. You can explore their process. And in that, it turns into a conversation of also just like, so what's next? What's next? And they will oftentimes reveal to you not only what's next for them artistically, but what should be the next move for you? Because you're going to have to ask yourself, can I stick with this shit if it stays whack? Because it's a long life, y'all. Don't let nobody lie to you and say it's short. Because <laughs> it isn't. Next question. Which type of artist is the worst to try to date? Rapper or R&B singer? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, man. That one is interesting. I mean, the first thought that came to my head is R&B singers definitely have more of a penchant for hiding their gayness. And that is something that you should just kind of consider. Rappers, <laughs> Rebecca is still not recovering from that statement. I know a lot of R&B singers who are absolutely, you know, I won't necessarily say they're homosexual, but they are fluid enough to say like they, they're at least gay-esque and yet they are not open with that and they're not open with their partners about that. But then, you know, the gays are like, oh, he's one of the girls. And he's one of the girls. 
And I've heard this from way more R&B singers than rappers. Now, I'm not saying rappers can't be gay because we all know. Everybody can be gay. Everybody is fluid to a certain extent. Okay? I think that's the other thing we need to acknowledge. Nobody is like, 100%. Like, I mean, and I think there's just like the difference of like, okay, you can be like attracted to somebody that doesn't necessarily mean like you want to be with. You know, like I can, I've said this before, like I can acknowledge that a woman is sexy. That doesn't mean I want to eat her vagina. Okay. Okay. Like, and even if you're somebody who wants to eat some pussy, that doesn't mean that you want to marry a woman or that you even want to date a woman. You might just have a certain sexual proclivity that says like, I like exploring sexual spaces with women, but I don't necessarily want to be in a relationship with a woman. Because as we all know, like sex and relationships are different things. And sometimes on the Venn diagram, of course, they intersect, but sometimes one can be without the other. I, I'm, Rebecca's making faces today I've never seen before. <laughs> She's just like, oh, oh wow, wow, she is on one today. Um, so, rappers, I mean, I think that the thought process might be like, well, it would be easier to date R&B singers since they sing about love all the time. But I think that's exactly why they're like very unavailable. Because everybody else hears them sing about love all the time and they want a piece of that too. I think it's a tie. I mean... Rappers are terrible. Uh, I mean, for the most part. You have to be a very special kind of person to date a rapper or even an athlete. Like, I was at Baron Davis the other day. He was like, yeah, like, you know, I tell folks, I tell dudes, like, you know, be careful who you're dating because they may have an ulterior motive. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, cool, but also let people know that you're dating other people because that person might have an ulterior motive. But when it comes to rappers, I think specifically when it comes to like athletes and musicians in particular, and specifically rappers, the level of narcissism required to attain success in those fields is oftentimes not conducive to what is required of somebody in a relationship. And so it just ends up being an incompatibility And if someone decides, and the same goes for actors too. I mean, actors are just the worst a lot of times simply because they spend so much time working on being other people that they haven't necessarily done the exploration on themselves that would be like really needed to be in a committed relationship and open and vulnerable and fearless. So all of these things, I mean, all these professions are narcissism based. And that we have learned and we talk about on a regular basis is is very detrimental to a relationship. So my final thesis, don't date neither unless they're the anomaly. And when it really, 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 really gets to the bottom line about dating anybody, it's who's treating you right. Who's treating you well? I'm not saying there aren't R&B singers or rappers that are treating you well. But you also have to explore, like, what is your meter for being treated well? Is it just getting purses? Because then go ahead and date every R&B rapper out there. They'll, they'll buy, buy you a purse. purse. That they'll do. You know, but if it's about being emotionally available for you, even when they are on tour, I don't know. Not everybody can handle that. So you got to take a look at that. Take stock. Last question. So this question basically came in like a couple of different forms over the course of looking at all of these questions. Like 
there were basically like four people that essentially asked this same question. I'm talking to this guy and feel like he puts his craft so much before anything. Like I support his work and his successes, but I feel like I'm not getting the best parts of him or the whole him. What do I do? I don't want to seem needy or like I don't support him. But honestly, I'm just not that happy anymore. So we already know that the bottom line is what in terms of her situation, what do you do? Well, you bounce. I mean, if you're not happy anymore and you voiced your concerns and they haven't been met, then all you can do is pivot. That's just the I mean, it'd be different if like you expected him to read your mind. Then I would be like, you got to you got to be honest and see what happens. But if you've already verbalized like this is not working for me then and you don't get the response that you want then i always feel like it's time to move on now as far as this question being asked in a bunch of different ways the overarching thought process that i got from the inquiries was how do you deal with being with an artist or being with someone who's not an artist and getting an understanding about the fact that being an artist requires so much attention and so much time. How do you manage that in a relationship? And my suggestion with that is just like, you have to be respectful of the other person the same way you want them to be respectful of you. And I think a lot of artists, like I said, have a certain level of narcissism and ego that somehow makes them feel like what they're doing is more important than what the other person is doing. And so therefore, they don't, have to care that much about that other person's time or they don't have to care about that much about what that other person's doing. I mean, I've had the reverse happen where somebody's just like trying to downplay me as an artist and be like, oh, oh I, I mean, mean, you live the glamorous life and you just make art. So like, fuck what you're doing. I got to go and deal with these kids because I'm a dean of a middle school. And it's like, well, I think what you're doing is like, <laughs> it's so specific and actual. Um, and it's like, you know, when he would come home, he would like tell me about like, the fight that happened after lunch, you know, and like show me it on his phone because he has a video of it. And like, I get it and I want to hear about that. But then like, don't try and act like my meeting today at VH1 is irrelevant because I didn't get a job out of it or whatever, you know? So that is to me like the cornerstone. It's just literally treat somebody how you want to be treated. A lot of times I think artists put so much work into their art and they put so much love, so much attention so much passion into their art. But they don't save any of that to put into the other person. But then they want the other person to be refilling that for them as they transfer it into their art. The thing about an artist is that when you're giving that to your art, you're getting it back. So now you're getting it back from your art and you're getting it back from the person, but the person ain't getting it back from nowhere. Because they don't do art, so they ain't getting it back from their art. They might be getting it back from, you know, watching videos on the dodo or whatever, but how long is that going to last? And they're not getting it back from you either. So now that person feels drained. And that's not just being in a relationship with an artist. That's being in a relationship with anybody who is not understanding the fact that we got to fill each other up. And sometimes I might have more in my cup than you do, and I can give you some more. But I have to be conscious of that and conscious of when I'm needing more from you as well. And we're not just conscious of each other at all. But artists, I think, for the most part, we are steeped in ego and narcissism and have to constantly check ourselves because a lot of times people don't check us because they're in awe of us. And listen, 
that's well and good. But you still a human and you still need the basics. And when that all wears off and that person realizes they need more, you're, it's just you and your art. And sometimes that feels like enough. Because this isn't even just about dating an artist at this point, right? This is friendships too. This is friendships. People do this shit in their friendships. And I will be the first to tell you that as an artist, I'm very particular about certain things. Certain, I have certain behavioral you know, idiosyncrasies that I think are absolutely attributed to the way my brain works and the fact that I am this like hyper-creative person. And I found friends who definitely like adapt to that, but it doesn't change the fact that I have to be aware of when it's like, oh, okay, Seals, let's bring it down a notch. You're, oh, oh, okay, okay, you're doing, you're doing, if this is, if this is enough, you're doing just the most, just the most. You're at a 10, let's bring it to a five. Today's guest is a gem. She's a gem. She's a gem. Uh, yeah, look at that. Look at that smile. <laughs> You've known her throughout the years as an actress. I have had the lovely opportunity to know her as a homegirl. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Miss Lauren London here on the show. Welcome. Thank you, boo. So whenever we do people I like, I always tell people why I like them. Yes. First and foremost, you're the realest bitch ever. Stop. Which is saying a lot because I'm the realest. That's saying a lot from you. <laughs> you know, that's the best compliment ever because keeping your authenticity is tough in this world. I mean, it's very tough, especially in the specific world we're in of entertainment. Just even just the LA, the Hollywoodness of it all. I mean, you and I both know some people who are rather inauthentic. Yes. And we'll talk about them after the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, it's just like when I met you, I had always been a fan. I had always been a fan. And I'd also always, I also like Lauren because she's the baddest bitch out. Like Stop. you're, yeah, like I told them, I was like, Lauren is a pretty bitch. Aww, so I usually. And I think you're so pretty. But I'm in here looking Aww. pretty today because you're here. <laughs> okay. Because really? I was like, we're going to have to take a picture together. And I can't be in here on my usual Listen, Adidas that's suit. That's why I have these under eyes covered. I'm like, <laughs> she's going to take a picture. I already know what this is giving. Because it was not covered five minutes Honey, ago. Honey, I put on lip okay. gloss. Right. Okay. Okay. Because I knew together. who I was dealing with. And I was like, I'm, I'm not, not going to be, be up in here looking, looking like a scallywag. Scally okay. Looking like a raggedy bitch. Just a rascal. You. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I give props where they're due. Lauren is bad. She's gorgeous. She's giving you a, a selfie angle. I have actually... You have actually inspired me to be like, I need to learn my angles. Stop. Because you have mastered your angles. It's just that one up here. No. You be, the there's a facial, you have a facial, I'm like, Lauren has mastered this shit. You know the perfect amount of pout to give without looking like a duck face. You didn't this even know that you so do this. so much compliment. No. Because you came in here talking about you don't have talents and I'm going to tell you about your talents. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> my angles. Your angles. Because, and you know, your angles and all of that really attributes to like one of the reasons why I really like you and what is one of your, probably I would say your biggest talent. You seem to be like a, you're a very self-aware person. 
Yeah, you think so? Yes, because we had a situation uh-huh. where we were going to dinner. Oh, yes. Can I tell this story? Yes, you absolutely can. We were going to dinner, and right before dinner, you were like, hey, <laughs> can I bring this person that you don't know to dinner? My homeboy. Just He's your person. Ghetto. Right. He's yeah. your person. Yeah. And it was our first time like having like a, a, a homegirl hang. This yeah. is adulting is hard. Yeah. Trying to, fr- trying to find friendships in adulthood, right? Yeah. So this is our first time, and I was like, I really wouldn't feel comfortable with it because I got to censor myself in a way. And I had to like deal with myself to say that because I was like, I don't want her to think I'm being difficult. I don't want her to think I'm being stank. But also, I really genuinely do feel a way at this present. If that happened now, I wouldn't sweat it. Yeah, but that was ghetto of me anyway. Like, girl, you don't just be bringing nobody that she don't know to no dinner. Just calm down. Tell your homie you'll meet up with him later. But you're... Awesome because of your ability to like see me in that moment and like see yourself and like I I was legit worried that you were gonna like yeah trip you were on you me. thought I was gonna be like little well, bitch it's not that deep no 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 I really I was, was like you know what I get it no and I was like <laughs> but you know what it's my it's my cousin he was there at the house yeah. and I knew I was like reaching with an invite <laughs> I knew that it wasn't like. <laughs> Hey, this wasn't normal. I was like, this is a reach, but this is my cousin. I'm a reach. And it didn't work. And it's cool. I'll see you another time. But that's the self-awareness part. It didn't work and it's cool. I tried it. It didn't work. It's cool. Because I feel like a lot of people with the ego steps in. Right, right, right. And ego says, I mean, I mean, I tried it, but like it should have worked because I'm me. No, no, no. I've had a lot of humble pie. (laughs) She recently. Yeah, yeah. A lot of recently. Like just in my last five years, my humble pie has been. What was it like before? Um, I think I dwelled in the ego a lot before. I was also younger. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think drove the ego? Was it your looks, your success? Was it like no, people around you? I think it was like fear. Um, fear. Yeah, it wasn't like, I never really like felt like I was this pretty girl. Um, and like growing up, that wasn't, that wasn't my narrative. It wasn't because, your currency. No, right? it wasn't. Because I grew up in LA and they <laughs> all, I mean, my God, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So... Yeah, I think it was this fear and like survival mechanisms I was using back in the day. So just like, I'm going to just be bigger than everybody so that nobody can try can and... attack me, can make me a victim. I'm going to come in the door punching the fofo, swinging the fofo, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? All of that. I was that. I was like, you're going to hear me before you ask. I'm crazy. I'm going to fight. So don't try it. I was that girl for <laughs> okay. a long time. And I was in the back like, ooh, she's a... Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's spicy. Yeah, for no... I was just scared. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And then you get older and you see that in a younger person and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I mm-hmm. know what this is. Mm-hmm. Let what me are you cra- protecting? Yeah, let me cradle you. because, And then you find out that they're, their mom ain't shit and you're like, that's what's going on. So we need to figure out how to create other female uh, mentors for you. Like, that's yeah. what I've had to do with a lot of like young, young women who I've met that come in like that. I'm like, I know what girl this is. Mm-hmm. Whereas younger me would have been like, She's crazy. <laughs> or like, uh-uh, she's going to fight me. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to fucking fight me. And I was her. Yeah, I was her. I was like. Rynika. Rynika yeah. tried to fight me. She tried to fight you? Ooh, what grade? Rynika tried to fight me. It was ninth grade. Did we talk about? Yeah, we talked about Rynika. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she tried I remember to fight this. Me. She definitely told me she was going to throw me through a window. <gasps> I had a girl that wanted to fight me, but I did not know her, who she was at the school. And I just kept hearing such and such said she was going to whoop your ass at the end of school. Like, That's so even scarier, though. That's just like a silent threat. Yeah. I'm like. You just got to be ready at all times. I was ready at all times, though. That's what such and such didn't know. That she when she <laughs> ran up on me. I was like, what's, what's up? up? What, what you, you want? want? You want to do it? it? And she was like, well, 
I mean, you cool, but and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> keep keep that same energy. Because <laughs> I'm such and such on the inside. On the inside. Yeah. You know what? I mm, I am such and such at this point in my life to the point where like, don't touch me. Just so you know, you don't have like a very, like your rep, they better not touch you and they better not say nothing crazy, boo, because you're going to be like, do, do, do. You're dialing in and reading everybody. So if you weren't that girl growing up, you grew into her. I really. It's great. It's worked wonders. I really have. It's strong. And it's to the point where I'm just like, I'll be like laughing. <laughs> this happened to me the other day. I was like laughing like, you love your life. You live a good life. There was some really crazy shit going on out here. And it devolved. I was in the mirror and it devolved into, and if that crazy shit came to you, you would handle that shit. You said that? I literally said that like in the mirror to myself. Like, that's right, bitch. You're ready for any revolution if it comes to you. You yes. better know that. You better know that. So you better enjoy this walk-in shower. I love that. Right now. And all this joy. Enjoy this shit. Yeah. Because if the shit turn left, you gonna step into that shit too. But I had that conversation like that. with myself because I had to know, but I had to talk to me. Because you're like, self-aware. Second high five. And we ain't even into the second segment. <laughs> But yes, and so that like those things, it I love getting to meet people who exhibit like from a distance, from a distance. Who, <laughs> I love you're the only child for sure. Oh, yeah, me too. To the end, I can tell. Um, <laughs> I love when people exhibit the same thing close up that they do from a distance. And yeah. from a distance, I always felt that that's who you were. And then when I met you, I was like. Admit, man, who she really is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we have like Instagram conversations. We we lift each other up. Fill your cup up. Fill your cup. Fill your Pour cu- into yourself. yourself. You remember, of course. Yes. Pour into yourself. I was lying on a hammock, and Lauren was texting me. Pour into yourself. Don't let these people drain you. No. Don't let these niggas drain you from you. Never. Yes. And as sisterhoods, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's always also dope to me when I can meet in my adulthood people that I can meet right at eye level. level. Oh. Ain't it? Because it's very rare. And so when it does happen, you cherish those. You cherish these people. And then you also, like, protect and respect yes. the space. Protect and respect the space. And just a, just a random caveat, side note, of another reason why I like Lauren. <laughs> She's a master black spurt. <laughs> oh, yeah, I won. <laughs> she came on the show. She was worried. Yeah. She came on the show. She was like, I'm, I'm up against a comedian. He's going to be funnier than me. Like, I don't know how my hand lit. And I was like, are you like, what? Yeah. You are going to be fine. Like, you've handled yourself in hip hop for the past 10 years. <laughs> You're a comedian. That's the only way that you survive right. as a woman in that space. Yeah. Being funny. Because these niggas will completely gut you. And make you the joke. Yes. And it's like, no, 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 sir. <laughs> Not today. No, no, no. I always say I will never forget when a dude came into my studio talking all this. Yeah, yeah bitch. Da, 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 and I was about to get tight. And I was like, you got a lot to say for a nigga with a white shirt on that's so big that you look like an iPod. And what did he say? <laughs> Wait, you called him an iPod? I called him an iPod. The old iPod? The old iPod. Yeah, yeah, this the, is the click wheel. I remember. Click wheel. Oh, I had one. Yeah. Mine was the YouTube. Yes. And his whole crew was like, ah! I remember I told you about the black laughs? That's another black laugh. The explosion. Oh, I just gave a black. And I'm teaching my two-year-old the black laugh. I'd be like, ah! And he'd be like, ah! I'm like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you know when it's really funny, be like, ah! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we did a whole session on black laughs on an episode. Did you? We did an episode about Oreos. And I was like, you know, like I had someone say like, oh, you know, I, someone told me I laugh white. What does that even mean? And I'm, I'm like, like, you know what, what that, that means. How do they laugh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just did it. <laughs> what the fuck? You're like, what is that? I know what that means. <laughs> you don't have white, so it's like, hee hee. <laughs> I think we should get into, look at Brendan. He's blushing. He can't even handle it. Uh, dimples. Yeah, it's serious. So <laughs> why did I buy these? No, aren't they bomb with the little, do you have the gold? Wait, no, I didn't. What are these? Oh, I don't know. Les Specs. Les Specs? So I, I hope Versace's I'm saying like it right. Like you know I'm not. Can I put them on? Yes. Bomb. They're bomb. They're bomb. These are fly. I got Versace's like these because I wanted the gaudiness of this on the side. Listen, let me tell you, I went to Magic Mountain. I've had some like $60 versions of these, right? And then something told me, you love the little $60 version so bad, order some other ones too. So I ordered these. Didn't know they were in the mail yet. Went to Magic Mountain, lost my $60 ones. Next day, these were in the mail. So happy. Yeah, yeah. I stopped buying $200... sunglasses because I kept losing them in cabs. And then I moved here to LA and remembered that now I'm in a car. So I started buying them again. Um, In a house. I did not buy this house. So? This is why this is my nigga. You heard that? So? Because I've had people be like, oh, you're paying rent? Why would you do that? And I'm like, are you in it? I'm in it. Is it cozy? Yes. Is it safe? Do you feel cozy? I love it. It smells like brown sugar and coconut. People regurgitate statements that other people say. And I've had people be like, don't you feel like you just like throw away money by renting? Like throwing away money? And I'm like, first of all, I own a company. (laughs) Okay. So, and when it comes to ownership, like I do own Mm -hmm. something that has like a footprint in the world that does grow and that does accrue money. And I, so I do have collateral in that space. But on the other end of things, like owning a house is mad difficult, and there's a way to do it, just so you know. There's a whole science behind it yes. with real estate, yeah. And, like, people just be wanting to, like, have shit. And I'm like, yo, what I'm doing with this house that I'm really proud of is, like, I'm getting, like, a crash course mm-hmm. in what it's going to be to own my own property and all of the things that come into it. Every day, there's, like, something, you know? Well, girl, you wanted to renew, upgrade, yes. step out into a new space. That's all that people need to know. Don't explain shit else or what else you own. Fuck them. This is where I live, bitch. Now what? And you're lucky to be invited. Do y'all see why I fuck with Lauren? Because <laughs> that's exactly what I would tell somebody else. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, girl, I'm not about to explain what the fuck, where the fuck I live at. <laughs> bitch, it could be a fucking hole in the dirt. So, <laughs> you know, I'm PMSing, so everything's coming out my mouth. Oh, yeah, I definitely. Oh, we should have that conversation, PMS. Mm. Mm. That's a whole... That is a... We need to do side effects of PMS. It's horrible. I've ruined full-on relationships PMSing. I literally had a very ridiculous... Like, a very (laughs) ridiculous interaction this weekend that... Were you PMSing this week? Lord. Baby, I will pack up a whole house in a day (laughs) and plan on leaving. And then the next day, be like, so I overreacted. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, can't explain it like certain months I feel very alone and sad like no one loves me and then other months I'd be like I wish I would I'm ready to go to jail you know what I mean like crazy it's like it doesn't stop I appreciate men who are like 
I'm not sure if this is related <laughs> to that, but I'm just going to err on the side of caution yeah. and just be compassionate in this moment yeah. and hope it passes. That happened with my homeboy the other day. Because you, he knew you were tripping. I don't know if he knew, but he he knew I was upset. And, he, and I had a strong argument. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he may have in the back of his head been like, this feels like it could be related to something otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know better than to say it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, and she's making a point that is valid. So I'm not going to undermine. And I'm just going to root myself in compassion. I love that. And that's why that's one of my best friends, like, till the end of What's time. What's sign? He's a Virgo. Oh, my sons are Virgos. Both of them. Cancer and Virgo is like. That you guys are great. Yeah. Yeah. We're I, like a, what are you? Taurus? Sagittarius. You're a Sag? But my rising's in Taurus or something like that. Yeah. Me, Cancers and Tauruses are. Like, I think Sag gets along with everyone in the Zodiac. I think that is our main, um, that's trait? one of the main, yeah, that we're pretty like everyone, we gotta get along with everybody. Cancers do not. I know. We do not get along with everybody. Who do you guys not like? Geminis? Caps. Oh. We, we're okay with, we're, no, it's not that we don't like Caps. We're just okay with Caps. Whereas like Virgos, Pisces, uh, Virgos, Pisces, Taurus, we're like, what's up? Scorpios, I love Taurus. We're like, what's up? I love Taurus. Aquarius, get out of here. No. <laughs> don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> men specifically, Aquarian men specifically, I don't want to talk to you. I've never met an Aquarian man. Don't. Me. You really know. Don't. It's just, it's ways, it's <laughs> the ones who are listening right now are like, this bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. I just can't. But, um, but it's funny you say that though, because. At this point with dating, it's literally like artist has become a sign for me. It's literally like I don't fuck with Aquarian man. And artist. I don't fuck with cancer man. And I don't fuck with artists. And watch like, you end and watch you end up right with one. You're fighting it so bad. It's not even that I'm fighting it. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's gonna be dropping his album next month. Uh, you just have for to, you. I've had to I've <laughs> had to get over. I let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, bitch. If I catch you backstage at a concert that you would not be at. <sighs> And I see you with somebody, I'm just gonna look. And I'm gonna say, wink, wink. I gave another artist a chance recently. Oh. <laughs> and when we and when they leave and we have our little chat session after, I'll fill you in on that fuck shit. <laughs> so listen. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I was already backstage at a show I shouldn't have been at. No. It was like, you dumb. Why bitch. am I here? Why? Why? Well, here's the thing. You're also an artist too, so so that's why there's I'm so like, many. Yeah, both. Who am I to say? It's dysfunction together. Everyone's but I'm not dysfunctional. <laughs> no, kidding. Because I was. Mm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Like I was because you cop out a certain shit and you cop it to other things other mm-hmm. than just like. Or I could manage this and make better decisions. and make better decisions because yeah. I think that we also do this thing where we say like I've accepted my. Da, 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 da. I accepted my flaws. No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Acknowledge your shit. Yeah. And keep working on it. Yeah, Accountable. You can't just be like, I'm cool with the right. fact that I'm a completely self-centered no. and considerate motherfucker. You can't do that. But a lot of folks do that. And especially I know a lot I know artists who have said that makes them good artists. I'm so, not really. Yes, I've met people who are like, the fact that I am so just in me is essential to my art. But you know, like I said, at the end of the day, what we do is great. You know what I mean? Like, even in our art, what we do is great. And it's a God, and it's actually it's God given and it's a blessing, and we shouldn't take it for granted, right? However. However, we do as humans and spiritual beings 
or whatever you no yeah, yeah you know yeah. whatever you believe in whatever we, you believe in you do have a responsibility to the an outside force it's divine energy whatever you believe in you have a responsibility to good like even if you're an atheist you have a responsibility to not be a dick yeah you do you absolutely do because karma is real and what what you give you get back so if someone is using the excuse of this is just who i am First of all, the game don't change for nobody. So whatever you give to the game, the game won't give back to you. So if you run it like this is who I am, I can treat people like shit because this I'm an artist or this is makes me better, the game is going to give it right back to you. Now, if you're not prepared for that, you shouldn't be in the game. That's why you give the game love and appreciation and blessings and you know, the game's gonna give it back. Y'all better learn the game. You better respect the game. It's not about <laughs> learning, you better respect it. Respect. You have game. to respect you game. Have to. Period. This shit don't change for nobody, and nobody is exempt. Well, I always say, you know, when people are always like, anyone who thinks they're exempt from karma, it's like the basic facts is this: the Earth is round. It literally goes in a circle. So what goes around comes around, <laughs> whether you, you, you like act, it or not. <laughs> listen, one of my greatest lessons and things that I've heard was that you get to keep what you give, right? So whatever I give to you, mm-hmm. I keep. So if I give you love and appreciation mm-hmm. and honesty, those are things that I get to keep too. I'm not, there's not a lack of those things. It's not like, there's an abundance of that. Mm-hmm. And let's say I give you shadiness, betrayal. Um, those are deceit. things. Deceit. Those mm-hmm. are things that I'm keeping. So if I'm trying to be shady and let's say I tell a lie on you or spread a bad rumor about you, I think that I'm doing this to you. I'm really doing it to myself. That's a plate of food I got to eat. You know what I mean? Mm. Period. They don't be knowing that you be knowing. They don't know that I... Because what? I be... Knowing! Plug. (laughs) That That one time... We both dated artists. Yeah. Currently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll say this. Kudos to you. Because I had to leave the rappers alone. <laughs> I <laughs> Well, I did just tell Hustle this morning. I said, look, if this shit don't work, I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to date a rapper again. You can't. I know, no, I know this is it. Yeah, I would be like, <laughs> look like crazy. I know. I mean, I know third time's a charm, but no. No, 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 no. It would be... have to be like a rapper who is like No, left... it can't even do that. Okay. We can't even do that. We, we can't even... We will just focus on career and children and traveling the world. Yeah. Next. Well, you know what? I, I thought that I could deal with a former rapper who would become an architect, mm-hmm. but the energy and the the... The personality that he had to have to be a rapper, mm-hmm. even later he in his life, in he ar- carried that into being building stuff. Yes, wow, he carried that <laughs> same narcissism with him. Yeah. So it didn't even matter that he wasn't a rapper. You all know I'm talking about Tajay. You know, it didn't even I don't matter. Even know. Oh, okay. Oh, I always whenever I reference like shitty ass trash ass yeah. niggas, I talk about Tajay Does from Souls of this? Mischief. Yeah, he knows. He's this. okay that you talk about him. Like I don't this? think he's okay with it because he's a narcissist. But I don't care if. He's or maybe okay he with likes it because he's a narcissist. He probably likes it low key. He probably likes it. But I also know that I'm protected on this planet, so Completely. I'm not pressed and highly favored. Mm-hmm. So the reality, though, is that I learned in that experience, like, oh, that energy that you had to be in that space mm-hmm. 
doesn't change because you're not in that space. Mm -hmm. Like that's what got you in that space. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we are looking, like people are very um, enamored with dating artists Mm -hmm. because of their art. Completely. And then it's like pure creation right in front of your face that you can feel a part of because you can indulge in music or you can watch a movie and feel a part of it. But then when the art... (laughs) Imitates what? Life? Mm. When the art imitates life or when the art is not being created. Yeah. And then there's a lot that a lot of artists are managing mentally. Yeah. And emotionally. Yeah. To get to that art. And I think a lot of folks don't fully see that Mm -hmm. until they're in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then it's like... (gasps) Oh, so you're like a whole person and it's not all just the art. Mm -hmm. And then you got to manage that. I mean, let's remember what Carrie Bradshaw had to deal with when she was dating the Russian on Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Yeah, Remember? It was like, oh, the art, the apartment, Mm -hmm. the assistance. And then like she brought her friends and Miranda's baby and he was working on the... the, And he was panicking. He's like, I got you. Oh, yeah. Completely. But you know what, though? I, you know, even, okay, so my experience with Nip and with Victory Lab and just him doing the, like, it the whole year it took to make the album. And I know in his mind it took however longer than that, right? right. That was, like, a very trying time in our relationship because this was an artist trying to get his art out. And it's not always, it's like giving birth, Right. So I just, we just did a whole episode on not having children. Oh, yeah. And we talked about how, like, for artists, it can feel like you're... It does. No, it's because it's a um, transition and a transformation all in one. And it's just a lot going on. It's like the caterpillar that turns into... It's like all that, right? Completely. And then I, like, I realize that when I'm about to get a job, I have, like, either a day or a night of, like, full panic. And I create all this, like, sabotaging things that... I don't know why I do it, but it's some way that I just process. process my art, right? Mm-hmm. So in me looking at him and how he's processing his art, I'm like, well, bitch, you for sure have a whole meltdown the night before work. Okay, but like eight hours of meltdown is different than like eight months. So Completely. just, just, <laughs> just But just even like, okay, like if you get that deep into a character... Like for me, I did. I went to go do ATL, and I was like twenty years old. Mm-hmm. I came back to LA after four months in Atlanta, trying to pick up on this accent, trying to skate, trying to learn. It's so different than my life in yeah. Los Angeles. I came back home, couldn't sleep in my house, got, lived in a hotel for like two weeks, and only listened to like Atlanta rap. I was what? having a really hard time coming back home to be myself because you were new, new for so long. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Even though Nunu is really my cousin, one of my cousins, uh-huh. so I just pretended to be her for the whole time. But yeah, you so, was really in it. Like that. I had I tripped out. I don't know if it's because I was twenty and it was my first time. I don't have that with acting. Real, I have not had it since. Okay, but when I look at someone and when I see somebody tripping to make their art or like going through that process, I'd be like, eh, you have moments, bitch, where you're not all the way. But how does that work in a relationship? Oh, well, you because know. Because it's a lot easier to do that arm's length. Yeah, it is. Um, And because I was pregnant too while he was making Victory Lap. So it was a very trying time in our relationship. It wasn't that fun. I think he would admit that too. It wasn't like <laughs> it, was, it wasn't like you know goals, goals. 
Right. Well, I think, but it's, and it's, it's very real as, as I said in the last segment, you, you know, you saying that because I think that there's something to be said for just being honest about what it means to date certain kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Like, I know people love to tell me like, Amanda, you you need need to date date you like a doctor. You You need somebody somebody that's just like a basic, like a doctor. I hate when people say that. People you say it to me all the time and I hate when people say that because you can't tell me what I like. You can't suggest what's good for me. You don't know what I do behind closed doors. A doctor might not be able to handle all of that. All of that. And maybe he can. But don't just assume I need somebody, in your opinion, that appears safer. There we go. How we know I'm so safe. Well, also, how do we know they're so safe? Period. And how do we know that safe is really even like, how do we how do we know that safe does not actually mean bland? And I like a lot of spice and how I, you know, I, I'm all about the flavor. See, you're about the flavor in a way that I have, my palate can no longer handle yeah, that flavor. Yeah. My palate has, has grown, my friend, my palate has grown weak. Uh, <laughs> or you know what? No. It's just changed. Or maybe you just aren't going to keep repeating things you've learned already. Well, the reality is that flavor gives me heartburn. Got it. And I have learned that heartburn then makes, ooh, I'm about to do a metaphor. Metaphor. Heartburn does that. The heartburn makes me lose my voice. Oh, and you can't speak. You can't can't do what you got to do. Honey, you need that voice. I hear you. Now, the reality is that was a great metaphor because it is the truth both figuratively and literally. Yeah. When I get heartburn, it attacks my vocal cords. It causes me to not be able to speak and sing at the same way that I can when I don't have heartburn. Wow. When I'm with somebody and they are causing me stress, mm-hmm. it becomes suffocating mm-hmm. and it becomes um, a damper on my voice and my ability to do what I need to do and to say what I need to say yeah. to live my purpose. Completely. And so I've had to realize, like, I ran into Jeff Friday, who's the creator mm-hmm. of American Black Film Festival, and he was like, Amanda... You know, um, first of all, ain't no niggas out here in L.A. <laughs> He's like, first of all, let's just be real about it. Yeah. He's like, you know, the reality is, is that like this is a town that's about narcissism. Yeah, I mean, it it's, is. It's just what it is. I mean, it's just the nature of the of the setting, right? Like, if you really want a football player, go to Texas. Okay, the nature of the setting is they're they're grooming football players, like and. So, I, but is that Los Angeles or is it like the small circle of entertainment? I don't think that I don't I don't think the entertainment is a small circle. It's really big. It's really big mm-hmm. and I think that the the fact of it being in Los Angeles has spread has like splintered into everyday life that may not even realize it. Mm-hmm. And I think entertainment doesn't just mean like being in front of the camera. No, completely. No, no, no. I have this conversation with a lot of people that aren't in front of the camera that have their hands in entertainment. They're just not in front of the camera, you know, whether right. it be wardrobe, exactly. anything of that, yeah. And then let's be real. We're in a world now where... Everybody's famous. Instagram. You don't even have to be in LA. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like you have that combined with just the nat- the nature of the business being here mm-hmm. and the reality that like, okay, if I want to be famous, I'm in the land of fame. It just, to me, it naturally like moves itself into this space where like, I just feel like a lot of men here is, th- this is the franchise um, site for C-bands, yeah. cornball ass <laughs> niggas. Like this is where <laughs> the flagship store is. The factory is based here. Yes. Yeah. There, and I'm really like, can we shut mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. the factory? Cease and desist. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I... um. When I look at folks who are like, oh, like you need this kind of person, you need that kind of person. And I had to realize like, I just need the right person. Yeah. No, I I, I experienced that right before I actually met um, Nip that 
I was actually someone, everyone was like, you need this kind of person. And then I met that kind of person and I ended up going on a date with that kind of person just because I'm like, this is what people, maybe they know better than me. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment that I was on a balcony and I did not like this type of person. Like, oh no. And I was on the balcony smoking, um, not a cigarette. (laughs) And I had, all my homegirls were there and one of them came outside who was the biggest advocate for suggesting what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I don't like that type of person. I don't. And I'm okay with being alone until I find my type of person. And I might like that type of person that you disapprove of, but that's me. Right. And I'm going to live with it. Bye. <laughs> so you like artists. What um, do you like about dating artists? Because you've <laughs> dated two and had children by them. Right, right, right. Well, the first one I was very, very young, and I don't think I was aware of the... Um, the fact that he was an artist and it was just mm. like I was young and I was coming I came from a really broken home and it was like someone to save you you know what I mean it wasn't necessary like I was in the industry and I found you know we met yeah. at a club it wasn't that he's also warm yeah and then you know with hustle I think when we we met and um our story was very similar LA LA and then just where we saw ourselves and where we were standing in our careers at that point. Like, we both had did a little stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're both really into authenticity. Um, We were both into books. We were, it was just big, you know? It was very big. And it it felt like, you know, when we met that we were artists, but we, the art didn't make us. Like, we contributed and we were lucky when we got to and happy and blessed, but that we were like, on a like a spiritual mission, like on a mission to be better versions of ourselves all the way around. Mm-hmm. And then I had never met anyone in this field that had that perspective, like me. Right. It was just very like-minded when we met. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that like, oh, he was an artist and like, right. I love your music and you like my movies and let's go out. It was like, oh, I see you. Oh, you see me too. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, we just so happen to do this. See, that's dope because I think that there's a lot of people chase specifically artists because it's like, like I've had people who have dated me simply because they're like, you just like, you're so, yeah, uh, you you be doing art. You know right, right, right. You're just creative, and they've that that energy is something. But not to t- sorry, to cut you off. Not to take away from the fact that you know what he does is it's still I I like it's very inspiring yeah you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. man that's really dope that you can hear a beat and like put words together and it's very poetic you know what I mean so I don't want to take away from that no not by all means yeah but it's not the thing that made you say you're not out here like I want an artist no 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 I do really what I like I respect people that are living their truth whatever it is you know what I mean I like um, men that have a like trajectory I guess of where Mm -hmm. they're going that to me is like yeah like intention and purpose and like mission that to me is like yeah Yeah, what's what's up because those are things that I sit with myself with at night do you feel like that translates from their art in your experience do you feel like the people that you have dated in this space regardless of these two but just in general that it's translated from their art to their relationship hmm Because I feel like that's been my experience. It's like even when I meet folks that have all those things in their art, 
they they don't necessarily translate that to their relationship because what ends up happening is a lot of us who are artists, especially if you're an artistic genius, you put everything into mm-hmm. your art and you spend so much time grooming and honing and refining mm-hmm. that that the the person part of you, mm-hmm. the personal like yeah, person, I've seen I definitely have seen people struggle with their like personal that's like yeah underdeveloped yeah completely yeah of course of course I think that before I had a child. Same thing with me mm. You know what I mean I was just so focused on acting And I think there's a time For you to just really focus on your, your craft yes. I do I think that there's moments that you You know you have a moment for you You have a moment for a relationship You have a moment for your job You know And um, I think before I had my first son It was all about me I didn't really I wasn't self-aware I really didn't know what was going on inside of myself Right um, I've also experienced that in a relationship and I've also been in the relationship knowing that this is what moment it is and that maybe we need to, I need to go cultivate my art and my craft while they're doing that. And then hopefully we can meet back in the middle somewhere. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing in a relationship, you know, you meet at a point and then a lot of times you guys grow at different rates in the relationship because a relationship is really you dealing with your individual self. You know what I mean? But I think there's something specific that happens with an artist in that respect of like the space. I I hate to reference the show, but on Girls, Mm -hmm. um, remember when uh, Hannah's boyfriend was in this play? Yeah, and he was like, I just need like two weeks. Yeah, to just be about this. Play. I've made those sacrifices in my relationship for the person. For yeah, like I need to. Like I need that to get, person needs this. That space. person needs like a moment to live were in they, the studio. But were they able to articulate to you? Yes. And that to me is the uniqueness. Yeah, because I had somebody <laughs> who was like, I need two weeks. To just disengage and drink juice and really just get in touch with myself. Mm-hmm. But you know what my answer is to that? That's fine. You're an individual. You should absolutely do whatever you feel is right for you and your own personal spirit. Now, not going to promise that, that in your two weeks. You get back. Yeah, and, and that's that was what I, yeah, yeah, I was like, I can't really be aligned with that. But they, what my issue was that they were trying to use being an artist as like a cop-out. And that's mm-hmm. when I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. When it's like, oh, but I'm an artist, so that's why I'm late. Yeah, but Or I'm an artist, that's why, you that's know... That's fucked up. Because you're still a person and you have to be accountable for your fucking flesh. And in relationships, I've yeah. had men use being an artist sure. as a reason for why... Like, let's. how many times have we seen guys use being an artist for why they're, like, unfaithful? Oh, girl, it's too many options. <laughs> That's what they say. But it's like, uh, there's a thing called self-discipline and missions and, you know... And just, intent. you know, and word is bond. Completely. And I'm big on that. Word is bond. Yeah, like men, need a hand. like, men have so much loyalty to their homies that they don't have the same code for women. There's like a man code, but then they don't have no code for women. It's like, no, no, you have to have the same kind of word and code for women. Well, I think a lot of it ends up being like, if you're my woman, Mm -hmm. you've signed up for whatever comes along with what I got to do to do what I got to do. Yeah, that's how, yeah, I've heard that. Not me saying I've heard it, but yeah, we've all, yeah, hell yeah. And I've seen situations where it's like, you know, you married an artist. And so what comes along with that Mm -hmm. is 
this, that, and the third. And that can be great things. Yeah. Like, we're going to be gallivanting. We're going to be living a life that's not necessarily as, like, ex- expected. Right. Um, and so for some people, like, that freedom and that liberation is exciting. But then it's also, like, you're, you're also going to deal with, I might be doing drugs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Right. All right. You know, <clears throat> I might be... Uh, I might be not coming home. Not shit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have to confront a bitch or two. All that dumb shit. And then some people are down for that because they're like, this is what it means to date an artist. And I think some people, and I think some artists associate being an artist with dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And that, like, oh, I'm an artist, so I struggle, I'm tortured, mm-hmm. I'm dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And they bring that into the relationship, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be okay with it because you knew that that's what artistry is. Mm-hmm. And I have had to check myself mm-hmm. as an artist and be like, you cannot base who you are as a person on what your output is as an artist. Really? And I think that a lot of, especially like, if you're successful, you get away with a lot of shit because people know that you're prolific and they're like, it's fine if she's sank because at Completely. least she's making us money. Or it's fine if he's yeah. inconsiderate because he's making us money. Yeah. So you get folks that are trained to understand that their art is what gives them license to mistreat people in relationships, whether mm. it's physical relationships, whether it's personal, romantic, etc. And I always tell like women in my Instagram, et cetera, like people, just people, not even just women, but specifically women, because I think men get away with a lot more simply because we live in a patriarchal society. Completely. But it's just like, hold people accountable for how they treat you. Completely. And hold yourself accountable for how you treat people. And how, what you allow to. And and I, I agree with you. I think that I have had moments in my artistry where I've given myself the excuse for doing bullshit like well you know I'm mad dramatic and I took that way too far because I'm an actress and I know all my emotions and I can't help it and I'm like you know what I mean like and it's like no but you overreacted and you did too much um but no I agree with you I have definitely have friends and know people that have allowed their art to be the excuse for their dysfunction when it really boils down to you know I don't I don't think this I think this is a god job you know what I mean at the end of the day like what are we really here for? For real. It's unity and it's love and it's God. So it's great what we do, you know, but it's a big stage. What are you saying? Who are you touching? What's your footprint? You do have to be accountable. You have to still be a person. And the only thing you're taking with you is your soul. So work on that. Well, that's the truth. Th- I mean, uh, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> The last dose. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I I have to stop saying ladies and gentlemen. Well, wait, listen, why do you have to say why do you have to stop saying ladies? Because not everybody identifies as a lady or a gentleman. Oh, are beautiful people. Yeah, so I gotta yeah. be conscious about my language, and we all have to be conscious about our language because our world is changing with more consciousness. Yeah, so. It is a bitch sometimes to have to consider like, oh, I got to add another thing to my plate. Yes, you do. Uh, because the, the what you're adding to their plate is something that someone's had on their plate forever that no one was giving a fuck about. Oh, so, that is very 
Yes, I like that. So, That's true. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm putting it on my plate too. So I, I'm trying to make sure that I am conscious about not saying, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people. We can also remember when that was like the craziest artist out. Like, what is he doing? He believes in the devil. Like, that was like the scariest <laughs> shit on MTV. That shit has changed so drastically. I, I would love to get a Marilyn Monroe back. I mean, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson back. I would love a Marilyn Manson when we have this okay. Tahashi, Tanasi, whatever. I'm like, where can we get a Marilyn Manson? Because I don't know what this is. He's going um, to troll you. Don't say that. No! <laughs> he's for sure about to come for your head. Oh, my God. I'm going to get so many followers. Um, <laughs> he'll come for my hair right in time for my special. I be knowing. Know yes! Coming to HBO 2019. <laughs> Nigga. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We oh, love no, you. I love you. Um, for those of you, you know, listen, dating anybody mm-hmm. is a journey. Mm-hmm. And as Lauren mentioned, you know, we have to always understand that when we're in these relationships, we are just as much in it with ourselves as we are with the other person. I think sometimes there's this like fantasy about dating artists the same way that I think that there's often this like uh, negative element too about dating artists because we are a different kind of person. We're fucking weird. You know, we don't operate on the same grid Mm -hmm. as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, we do have a different way of looking at the world because we're we're coming from a different place. We're making things in a different space, et cetera. So there is a certain alien uh, to being an artist. And when you're dating an artist, you do have to understand that there's going to be nuances that happen in that space because of that. However, that doesn't make it okay for you to be okay with that person mistreating you. And if that person is using uh, their artistry as an excuse or any reason to be less of a good person, then Mm -hmm. that is not okay. And that's why when people talk about like, oh, but we love Cosby's art, we can love Cosby's art, but that doesn't mean that he was a good person. And people need to be held accountable for what they do as a human not only in the good space of what they do as an artist who is a human, but what they do as a person who is a human. Mm -hmm. So to that, I say, be careful. Understand that artists also have a tendency to be narcissists. Mm -hmm. We all have learned that narcissism can be very detrimental. Uh, But the key is, is that when it all comes down to it, we always talk about the same thing with dating, which is just do good for you. Like do right by yourself so you can do right for someone else. Hmm. What does RuPaul say? How you going? You can't love me if you don't. Anyway, I'm not you can't love me if you don't love yourself. yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? I'm like, we're probably crazy to date too. I mean, I'm crazy every day. No, I'm saying me too. Like I'm crazy I, as hell. I'm crazy, but I'm not mean. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. like I, I'm I know niggas yeah. is mean. Yeah, just like mean, yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just know that. I have had to come to very clear terms with what it means to be an artist and be a person who is an artist. Yeah, there you go. And when you're dating someone who is an artist, sometimes they need clarity on that, but sometimes you need clarity on that because you might be projecting onto them like, well, I thought you were going to be an artist. I've had men (laughs) who cannot believe that I'm a person. Yeah. Because they thought they were just dating an artist. And then when I cry, they're like, well, what? Is happening. Wow. And I thought you were this strong woman artist. Right. Oh, because no. Because as an artist, they picture me as a very strong woman because that's what I present in my artistry. And mm. then when I cry and I show vulnerability, mm-hmm. they're like, what? So, mm. so, yeah. So, you know, be fair, be kind, be real. Be real. All right? Be real, yeah. And that is that. Peace and blessings. Stop it. A podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.